Well, good morning, life in the sun. How is everybody doing this morning? Man, how about that awesome worship, right? You know, it's just carried over from just an outpouring, I think, that uh, we had with Pastor Lee over the week and, and that, that, uh, uh, that, that amazing worship that we had on Friday was just through the roof. How many, how many were here for that? Man, was that good or what? If you guys missed out, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad, but man, you missed out. <laughs> well, good morning. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the leaders here at the church. And today we're going to be moving into our second message on great faith. You know, and, and just an example of what we're trying to move into uh, this year is, if you notice this morning, we don't have to try to plan what God does. I mean, get that, right? We think we do, but God already has a plan. Amen? So what does that mean? It means that we just have to step into it. we got to walk into it. So today, the second series is really about walking with God. Last week, Armin brought us a really good message, laid a good foundation for us to trust in the Word of God. But today, if you notice where the worship was going and where the kind of, you know, even the word that Elmore brought this, this morning, it's about a relationship. It's about walking with somebody. It's about walking with the Lord our God. It's about walking with Jesus and learning how he walked with the Father and seeing now, going back into the Old Testament, we have Enoch, where it said that he walked with God and he was no more. So this morning, we're going to be talking specifically more in-depth about our walk with him and how that is played out in this year of great faith. Amen? Amen. So let's just go ahead and, and pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the time that you have given to us this morning to dig deeper into your word, to know more through your Holy Spirit, to understand our place and understand our purpose that we have in walking with you through this life. That there is more abundant joy, there's more purpose, and there's more power when we do it directly connected with you and your Holy Spirit. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank, uh, you know, my wife. She's always encouraging me and reviewing my, my message. Amen. But here's the thing, you know, she's my companion, right? She is my one and only, other than God. And I remember when we first got married, she used to have a little bit of an issue with that, you know? It's like, wait a minute, you mean God's worth more to you than me? You know, we were just joking, but it's a reality that... that we all have to kind of look at sometimes. And so that's a caveat into what I want to talk about this morning is what is the most precious thing to you? What is it? Okay. Especially in relation to our walk of faith. What do you have faith in? Faith has to have an object in order to be faith, right? We have to have faith in something. It's not like we just believe that something is there, but never do anything with it, right? So let's begin to dig into this. Let's first look at our scripture, 
And if we go to, oh, I have control. Okay, does anybody recognize this clock? What is it from? What is it? Groundhog Day. <laughs> so what happened during Groundhog Day? What do you remember about it? So this, this guy, right, he kept waking up to the same day over and over and over and over and over, right? But it was about how monotonous that day became, right? But if you notice the character in the story, there was a purpose, obviously, that at the end he was going to get to know somebody that he was overlooking. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Next slide. Remember this one? These are supposed to be gifts. They're not working, but if, if it was working, he'd be going... Right? Wax on, wax off, right? And then you had the other one. I didn't put it up there, but where he was... Right? And, and what, was, what was the main character's purpose? Was just to not get bullied, right? He didn't want to get picked on anymore. So Mr. Miyagi, his sensei, he was training him how to overcome, right? But there was a greater purpose at the end of that, that story that was bigger than him just overcoming the bullies, right? So keep that in mind, okay? Next slide. Let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, so today's message is actually faith in the mundane. So mundane really just means routine. The day in, the day out. Go to work, go home. Go to work, go home. Go to prayer night, go home. Go to work, go to church, go to school, go to, you know, it's that daily routine. So how do we have faith in the midst of our daily routine? Well, let's look at Enoch. Let's go to the next slide. So our key scripture verse comes out of Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. So let's go ahead and read it. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Amen? So what's the last two words on that scripture? Seek him. Okay, here's the, this is, I, I want to take those two purposes of each one of those movies, plus those two words, seek him, and I just want you to kind of place them right there so you can understand where this is going. As we seek God, we have to walk with Him every day, right? We don't have this moment of clarity where God just steps in front of us and reveals Himself to us, amen? We have to walk with Him to get to know who He is. So a little background on Enoch. He was the son of Jared, and he was also the father of Methuselah. Methuselah was what? The oldest 
living person ever. He lived, I think, 930 some years. I mean, it's a long time to be around. That's like 10 times the, the, the longest lifespan we usually have here now. I mean, imagine being around 900 years. That is just incredible. And then somebody was asking me the other day, they're like, man, did that mean, you know, like we think of life today, it's like, you know, 80, 90 years old, you're so old, and then do you spend like the, the rest of those 800 years being that old? <laughs> I said, no, no, I think it's like the life of a dog, right? You know, so like when they're, when they're like 13, 14 years old, they're like, <laughs> you know, they can't even get up on the couch, right? So I think, you know, even when, Methuselah was probably 800 years old. He was still quite sprightly, I think. He was, you know. Anyway, that's a whole nother study. <laughs> so let's go to the next slide. So today we want to talk about what it means to really walk with God. What does it mean? What does it mean when the scripture talks about Enoch and that he pleased God? In the book of Jude, it says that he walked with God and that he was pleasing to him. So what did Enoch know about God that many of us still have yet to learn? I think we have to understand first that the day-to-day, -day, the mundane, the, the focus on this daily routine might be our, our greatest distraction. We often look at what we do day-to-day -day as our purpose. But God has a different purpose for us. The first purpose is for us to know him. And the second one is simply to make him known. And when you look at those two purposes, we begin to then be able to define what we do. But often we look at what we do more than who we're becoming. Because it's out of who we become is what we end up doing. We end up doing what we are. We end up being and then doing. But I think we focus too much on what we do. We look at our deeds. We look at our, uh, the outcome and the circumstances of our day-to-day -day life. I've got to go make the donuts. I've got to you know, go stand guard for something that to me isn't very valuable. I've got to you know, go and and write papers that I don't really have much interest in, but the fact that I get a paycheck is why I do this. And God wants us to extend ourselves a little deeper into understanding what our purpose really is, what it means to walk in a greater depth and breadth of faithfulness. Even Martin Luther uh, was, was quoted as saying, what will you do in the days of your mundane faithfulness. What will you do? Again, the focus is on what do we do, God? What, what is the thing that you want me to do? But the truth is, God is wanting us to be someone. He's wanting us to be this new person that he's created in us. We have to mine it out. We have to dig in and find the, the, the root of his Holy Spirit within us. Because he said that he would be with us and that he would be in us. And we have to learn how to walk in that understanding. So speaking of understanding, we 
have Hebrews, uh, the beginning of the book of Hebrews 11, it actually talks about what faith is. Armin touched on it last week, but I just want to go over it again and highlight a couple of things before we move on. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it men of old gained approval, pleasing to God. By faith we understand that the worlds were made out of things that we cannot see. So there's three things I want to point out in that scripture. There's assurance, there's conviction, and there's understanding. When you look at that, you cannot have a need for any one of those if you're not going to do anything. Well, wait a minute, Mr. Chris, you said something about don't worry about what you do. Oh, I didn't say don't worry about it. I want you not to focus on that as your primary purpose. It is a result of something greater. It is a result of knowing him, walking with him, and finding approval through faith. For we just read, it is impossible for us to please God without faith. Faith has to have some type of action in order to be faith. Again, assurance. I don't need assurance for something that I'm not going to partake in. For why do I need to get out of my chair if I don't have assurance or if I don't even need it? I don't need conviction if I'm not going to do something. And I don't even need to have understanding. But God wants us to walk with him in that way. Let's go to the next slide. Colossians 2, 5-7 says, Rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You see, it flows out of our relationship with Christ. It flows out of our walk with God. That's, I think what God is trying to tell us today is release this doing mentality and get into the relationship mentality. Spend time with me. Jesus said that, you know, uh, we are like a well-watered tree planted by streams of living water. We draw from him. We, our relationship with him is so important. We don't reason our way into a relationship with Christ. We experience him. We, we begin to walk with him. And that's, I want you to begin to enlarge the expectation of your heart and say, no matter where your circumstance is this morning, where you're at in that mundane day, open your heart to the reality of a walk with God that He resides right here. He's right next to us. He cares about everything that we do. Because, again, our purpose is to know Him and to make Him known. So our doing, God wants that fruit that comes out of, out of that relationship, that doing, to show that we know Him. And in doing so, we make Him known. That's why Paul said, he goes, I cannot stop 
speaking about both what I've seen and what I've heard. He had to experience it first. Amen? It's, it's not where you read a textbook. It's this, the, the Bible is not an instruction manual. It's a, it's a book about a person. The personhood of God. Though the Bible does have instruction, it's about a person. And the root of it is understanding, walk with me. That's why Jesus, when he was gathering his disciples, he went to them and he just said, follow me. Walk with me. He's going somewhere. Amen? Let's follow him. Let's take 2019 and go deeper in our walk with God. Let's throw caution to the wind and say, look, let's, let me grab a hold of this thing called faith. Let me dig deeper. And, and, and God, I want to, yes, I want to believe that I can have a living, breathing relationship with you every day. That it's not just based on this list of do's and don'ts and things I should be reading and I should be praying and I should be going to church. Yes, all those things are good. But God wants you burying yourself into him. Those quiet moments, those moments when you're sitting at home and you're distracted with all the other doings of life, the mundaneness. Next slide. We have a companion in God. But how do we experience his companionship? It's through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that has been given to us, a precious, precious gift. John 14, 16 through 17 says, I will ask the Father and he will send you another companion. See, Jesus was going to the cross. He was no longer going to physically be with the disciples. Who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be, actually, I'm going to say this, but it, it says will be with you, but it actually means will be in you. Because I, I chose this particular version, the uh, Common English Bible, because of the word companion. But if you look at like the NASB, the NIV, most other translations will put that last bit of verse, uh, it, it will actually say will be in you. Because... Now that God is in us, we, we can testify of the otherness of our, of our thoughts, right? Because every action begins with a thought. It begins with something that, we, that God is asking us to do. And so that's why Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 25, makes so much sense even though it sounds confusing, right? The very thing that I want to do, I don't do, but the very thing I find that I'm doing is the thing I don't want to do. And therefore, I, I see a, a, a law that is my mind, that with my mind, I serve the law of Christ, but with my body and my flesh, I serve the law of sin and death. So it's confusing, right? We get to the end of that, but it says something very, very, very important. Paul cries out, then who will save me from the body of this death? Amen. I rejoice. It is therefore through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then we roll on over into Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that says, Thou, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are walking 
with God. We're learning to do what is pleasing in His sight because we're becoming closer to Him and we're learning who He is through the power of His Holy Spirit. Next slide. But you have received the Holy Spirit and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you. Like I said, this is not about an instruction book. God is the book. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what He teaches is true. It's not a lie. Just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Walk in Him. Even as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts. It's not me. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit. There's no need that I teach you. The Holy Spirit is the one speaking to you. He's just using me as a vessel. He's using the Bible as his word that jumps off the page at you. He's using other vessels when we listen to different messages or even worship music. God speaks through his Holy Spirit. Next slide. So we want to first then let go and learn how to overcome. See, walking with God means you want to go where He is going. You want to desire what He desires, and you want to have Him as a companion and helper. Psalm 34.8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to come in. Okay, even earlier, you know, Pastor Elmer was talking about this. Let's go in. Let's enter into this place where we meet with God so that we can be instructed not just on what to do, but who we are and who He wants to make us to be. He has the ability to cleanse our heart, to renew our mind. And when we have a a clean heart, like David, when we have a renewed mind then we can truly begin to do the works of God. We have living works, right? Jesus said that we must repent of our dead works. Dead works are works that are done not in faith. Does that make sense? Whatever we do that is not in faith is not from God. In fact, it says whatever is not of faith is sin. We need that relationship, that walk with God to let go and overcome. We do it through walking daily with Him. Next slide. So more than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Christ is the treasure. Jesus is our inheritance. He is the one that is going to walk with us and help us to overcome, but we need to understand that there's a choice we have to make. We've got to choose either to hold on to the things of this world or reach for Christ and hold on to Him. You can't have both. 
Jesus said you cannot serve both God and mammon. I know he's talking about money, but we can't have a divided heart, church. We've got to choose one or the other. That's why it says, I have suffered the loss of all things. Is it going to, are we going to suffer when we choose to let go of the things that God does not want in our life? Absolutely. Otherwise, he wouldn't have chosen the word suffer. It's going to hurt, okay? Our flesh is not going to like it. It's going to protest. Trust me, it will protest. Amen? I mean, just think about, you know, if we want to eat better, right? I always talk about bacon. <laughs> Chris, give up your bacon. What? I, I can't suffer giving up bacon. But if you ask Adonis, he said, no, plenty of bacon, right? Bacon's good. <laughs> Keto diet. <laughs> but then, wait a minute. I've got to give up my scones. I've got to give up my pasta. My pasta. Hey, my pasta. I've got to get. Oh, God. No. No. I've got to have my pasta. But will we suffer? Yeah. But... Will we, do we not suffer willingly when something of surpassing value is there? Right? I mean, let's make it obvious. You know, if I got a dollar bill and somebody drops a bar of gold in my hand, wait a minute, <laughs> that's easy. But the problem is, in this life, we have a different ruler over this world. We have an adversary who's a liar, and he steals, and he kills, and he destroys. What does he steal, kill, and destroy? The truth. The truth that Jesus is the surpassing value. He makes the things of this world appear shiny. Remember the, the three temptations of Christ? The enemy was before Jesus, trying to make the things of this world look so grand, look so beautiful, so desirable. But Jesus is, thankfully, Jesus was God, is God, because he knows the surpassing value of who he is. And that's why he could tell the, the enemy, you have nothing in me. There's nothing that you have that's even valuable to me. And that's where he wants to bring us, to know and understanding the surpassing value of knowing him. Knowing Christ, having that relationship buried deep within your heart. Take that time. Suffer the loss of all things and dive in to knowing him in that quiet time. Cry out to him. Say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know who you are. I want to understand who I'm supposed to be. I want to have that relationship with you. And trust me, when you do that, the, all the stuff that you worry about will just fall into place. It's not going to be a challenge for you. It's not going to be drudgery. It's not going to be a burden. It's going to be joy. Joy. Real joy that's going to come out of your heart because Jesus himself said, I came to give you life. Abundant life. How do we have that abundant life? We do it by walking with him. We don't do it by trying to figure it out, following a set of rules, do's and don'ts. We find that when we know Jesus, 
we just follow those rules. We want those rules. We want those good things in our life. We reject the things of the world because we know that they're but rubbish compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He's the one that brings joy into my heart. He's the one that I want to be close to and know intimately. Next slide. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, faith, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. I want to propose to you that rock, yes, is Jesus, but that rock is also our faith. Upon this rock I will build my church, is what Jesus told Peter. Peter's faith is that rock. It's understanding that building on that foundation, then all this stuff that God wants to build in us is going to come to a beautiful fruition in our life. Next slide. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. The reason we fall, church, is because we really don't know him. He's not deep within our heart. He's not there taking up space. That's why other things can come in and rest because Jesus hasn't taken all of our heart. We haven't suffered the loss of all things. We haven't made him the surpassing value. But God is saying, accept me, love me with your whole heart. Let it not be divided. Let it not be divided with the things of this world. And I just want to ask a question as the worship team comes up. And I'm going to provide just an opportunity. I, I do. I, I really want to do an altar call this morning because, you know, what I sense God asking us today is, do you want to be close to me? You know, acting on our faith is something that is not natural to us. It doesn't come easy sometimes. But when we do something as a result of a burning in our heart it's, it's a revelation to the rest of the world to the rest of the universe to the rest of God's creation that we have faith and so this morning I just want to ask you a simple question is God's glory my highest aspiration or desire does God's glory define my goals, my objectives, how I spend my time, everything about me? It's a challenging question. I can't even say that for myself I'm 100% there. But church, the way we get there is through knowing Jesus. It's by spending time. So this morning... 
I just want to provide an opportunity for anybody who wants to come. And I just want you to go ahead and, and start singing uh, the last worship song. Yeah. And as the worship team begins to sing, if you want to just go ahead and somebody go ahead and dim the lights. Pastor Elmore, if you want to just go ahead and come on up. Church, I just want to challenge each and every one of us tonight, this morning. Just, just everybody just bow down your heads and close your eyes. And just, you know, in your heart, if you want to come up front and you said, Lord, I just want to know you more this 2019. Just come. Just you want to go, your intimacy with God. Lord, I want to, I want to know you more this 2019. Lord, I don't want to go to the motions anymore. Lord, I want to go deeper with you. Just come and just, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to know how to love. I want to know how to love. I want to know how to I just, the Bible says, Lord, that seek you first the kingdom of God. That's Chris was sharing, Lord, I want to seek you first this 2019. If that's you, and you want to dedicate your life, rededicate your life. There's some of you here, you want to rededicate your life to God. Yes, yes. Just come. come. Or even now, in your heart, you're not sure that, you know, you want Jesus in your heart. You want, you really want to know more about Jesus. Just come. Come, stand up and come here in front. I'm going to pray for you. In Him, you are safe. Maybe there's some of you here also that um, you feel like sometimes God is not there in times of your valleys. There's someone here that you are, in your heart, you've been hurting for years. And you have some questions in God. And that's that's okay. But I believe that God wants to tell you that He is not far away. He is here. He's always there to love you. He's always here to be with you. He loves you very much. Let's just worship the Lord on this song. let the Holy Spirit draw you. Pay attention to the words and pay attention to what God is doing in your heart and respond accordingly. And allow His Spirit to draw you closer to His throne. 